It's just a little loose, that's why. But I've been hitting the gym lately, so I feel like I'm getting bigger. You know, eating protein. I'll, For real? I was starting creatine too. You don't look bigger though, bro. I'm telling you, it's a shirt. <laughs> okay, so there we go. It's been a minute, uh, but it's my pleasure to have you here. I thought since we had a break since, holy shit, last time we dropped an episode, it was like, I don't know. So yeah, it's been a couple months. So I thought the best idea to start again is to bring you on. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Mr. Moya, round two. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been a bit, it's been a bit, um, but that doesn't mean we weren't doing anything. A lot of things have changed, a lot of uh, moving pieces. Uh, we've grown exponentially. Um, I got married. That took away three weeks. And uh, here we are. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, uh, I was actually, that was my first question. So last time we recorded the episode, it was like February. So it's been six months. So what has changed since last time, apart from you getting married? Uh, Let's I'm get into the details. Extremely focused. Uh, my level of focus has risen dramatically. Um, my level of execution, like just going with things and let's go for it, you know, uh, has gone up. And I feel like I've been able to put a better team around me um, to get things done. Um, and I just want to like, at this point right now, just eat it all, you know. So whatever's coming away, the, the bigger you get. What I've noticed is a lot more opportunities start coming your way, uh, which is good and bad because you got the dumb stuff that comes and then you got to kind of learn there's how to cut it There's always the stuff. When, whenever, where, at whatever stage you're at, there's always the dumb stuff yeah. that comes up. So at this level, I, I've noticed lately that uh, a lot of the dumb stuff has been coming up. Uh, <laughs> and at times I could be maybe, you know, a little too trusting and, and I don't want to say gullible because I'm not an idiot or I'm not a gullible person. But I do believe in stuff, and I feel like um, failing is a big part of success. Uh, and in this case, you have to try to see if something's going to work. Um, but you also, over time, start learning um, the best approach to projects and 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 new things that people want to do. Uh, so here we are. I have a lot of things on the on the plate right now. I'm happy about it. Uh, you got to be extremely focused, though. You know, uh, it's not. If you make people think that it looks easy, it's not easy, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, you mentioned that, you know, it's about like failing, taking lessons, fixing everything. You know, if you think about it, like no one has ever done it before, the same thing that you do. I mean, everybody's circumstances are different, but, you know, sometimes even the dumb stuff, you got to do it. And I feel like with time, maybe you have like this instinct that helps you like verify, okay, this this probably not the best opportunity in this one. This something may come out out of this one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think more than time is experience. You know, so you kind of it's like I get like a restaurant client now, and if I get a restaurant client, I already know exactly what to do because it's just become second nature to you. Um, most campaigns have become like that. So I don't like feeling comfortable. So I've gotten in, into uncomfortable situations. Uh, and now we're venturing out into events, uh, which is something that we've always wanted to do. We've had all the resources for it. And so uh, a day in Miami, events coming soon, talking about pig roast bowls, beach cleanups hosted by us, uh, winter wonderlands, October festivals, music festivals, STL conferences, Everything is in the planner. Uh, nothing is off the books. Some of them things may come to fruition. Most of them will. 
Uh, others are just in the ideation portion, but uh, we're trying to hit another level. And that's my mission for the next 18 months, uh, pretty much to go beyond being an Instagram page. You know, I don't know if you read my questions before that I have it written down, but you're really going ahead. I also about to ask about the upcoming projects. But honestly, I think we can go into a little more detail about that a little later on. But first, I want to start, you know, you always talk about building a team. Having a successful team is like the key to growth, especially in the marketing agency environment. So my question is how to get hired at Heyday? What are you looking for? What qualities or like what skills? How can you vet that someone is the right fit to work at this agency? I think the number one skill you need to have is passion. And it's not really a skill. It's just something you need to love what you do and love marketing. If not, you're going to burn out. It's just, if you don't have the urge for knowledge and the urge to learn more and to get into the nitty gritty, you're just going to either come in and just do some typical, you know, administrative work, um, or some, you know, more boring uh, work and, and, and not going to be able to really flourish. Uh, it doesn't mean that when you come in, you're not going to do that. Like everyone has to go through that process of their life. We all did it. Um, but passion, for sure. Um, organizational skills, 100%. I myself am not maybe the most organized person. So, and I need organized people around me. They uh, say that geniuses are usually unorganized. So yeah. Maybe there's something in it. <laughs> maybe. I, I wouldn't consider myself a genius by any stretch of the imagination. Although my wife says, you know, you're a very smart person. I said, I don't know. She goes, uh, I said, I compare myself to like Elon Musk and these guys. and I don't feel like I'm there yet. Uh, they they are exceptions for sure, but like everybody, I feel like everybody is smart in some way. You know, I was always thinking, for example, myself that I'm not a creative person, but when I thought about creativity, I was thinking about, you know, like painting, yeah. drawing, whatever, like visualizing something. But then I realized there are like other realms of creativity. And I think I'm very creative when it comes to like logical or like strategy yep. planning. Because then I know I can excel and I already have like thousands of ideas coming into my mind. So I think with creativity and like wisdom and being smart, it comes in many different ways. Yeah, well, that creativity is, a, you know, talking about that is extremely important to have an agency. You know, it, it, you can't be cookie cutter here. This industry is very dynamic, uh, changes every day. Uh, you need to be someone who needs to learn skills quickly. You can't, you don't have to be, we don't have the time to be repeating things over and over again. Um, and it's a very specific personality that can take constructive criticism, um, you know, chew it up, spit it out and come back and keep grinding and learn and learn and learn. Um, so I think that's usually what we look for here. Um, not that everybody's like that, but that's, I think the most successful mix. Are you currently hiring for any position or you'd be open to finding someone for some position that you feel like? there's a place for it. Well, you know what's crazy? I always say I'm always hiring. And yeah. the only reason why I say that is because you never know what talent you're going to have walking through the door. Uh, so if someone comes in, I may not technically be hiring and looking for someone, but if someone comes in and I speak to them and they blow me out of the water and I know that they're in sync and they know what they're talking about and they have a plan and et cetera, et cetera, then I'm, I'll, be, I'll find a place for them. You know, And that has happened many times here. You know, I will find a place for you. Um, and this is not easy. Uh, like I say, it's not hard either. I think it's just, you gotta have fun with it. You gotta show up, um, and just be willing to, to, it's, it's definitely something that you gotta put in a lot of hours. 
Uh, if not, you you know you don't grow. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm a big fan of Alex Hormozzi, and one of his most popular saying is "Do the boring work." Whatever you're doing, there's always going to be those mundane, tedious tasks that you just gotta get through if you want to get somewhere. Uh, I guess my next question will be still talking about the team. How do you make sure that people that already come, like, you know, we have a talented team here. How do you make sure to, like, help them further grow and expand their talents and just keep growing within the company so the company can grow? Yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, we don't necessarily have, like, a training program, which is something that we're working on. Uh, we have had certain glimpses of it, and we have had it in place for some time. I think uh, what ends up happening is that people are so in tune to the day-to-day work that they are more focused on executing things for their clients, which is natural. So they may not have taken or partaken into the training programs that we had available at the time. Uh, now it's kind of being enforced. Uh, we're having training programs now bi-weekly and then eventually it will be weekly. Uh, we do personal sit-downs every week with uh, diff- different departments. Um, I I have a lot to offer from my, just my experience to the departments. And I look to their team um, in, in what they excel in uh, to be able to pitch themselves and give them an opportunity to train. Uh, I think everybody brings something unique to the table. So it's kind of like the training program, it feeds within the company, you know? Um, so we all help and feed each other out. Uh, we have now implemented a, a calendar of events that uh, we invite uh, the employees to go to um, conferences. There's an advertising conference next week that we'll be going to. Um, and then kind of get an a, a outsider's perspective of what's going on in the market. Uh, and I think that's kind of like where we're at right now. Could it get better? A million times. Um, but that's what we're working on. Yeah, I agree. We've been working on that. Bro, but last time, the presentation I made to teach everyone, the sound unfortunately didn't go through. So we have just the video. But I hope someone got something out of it. We Maybe we can do it again. Um, so I guess my next question will be, what do you think is the key? Because in marketing agency, I feel like a lot of people get it wrong because they just, you know, we provide a service, we generate you money and that's about it. But it's way deeper than that. It's about building the relationship with the client. So there's the trust, especially trust in the relationship. So what would you say are the keys to building a successful business relationship? Number one is loyalty and trust by far. Uh, Number two is you got to do what you say you're going to do, you know, which ends up being trust. You know, they can't trust that you're going to do what you're saying you're going to do. That's a problem. Um, Read the data, have the best interest in mind for the client. You know, uh, make sure that you're using at least fundamentals and best practices. Uh, If you're not and you're going to just do something out of the box, make sure that that is uh, communicated to the client so they understand. Um, You know, watch their money. That's the number one thing. Uh, If you care about their money just as they do, that's going to create a long-term relationship. Uh, always have the best interest and customer service. You know, people want to be in the trenches with people who are there, you know, and if you want to have an agency or any type of business and you kind of want to be sitting at the top uh, and not engaging with your team, it, that way work in certain cases, usually generational businesses or something, you know, already 
or 500 to 1,000 employees. Uh, it just gets complicated. But if you're a small business, you got to be in the grind with them. Uh, and there's no other way. They want to see you there and they will perform better. Uh, and that's proven over and over again. So here in Heyday, you re you are responsible mostly for doing the sales part. You're like the client-facing person, especially for new people that are coming in. Then it goes to account executives. But how? What would you say is the your tip to get better at sales and just you know trying to build those initial relationships to further down build the trust and you know have the relationship as in the marketing agency. So if you want to get good at sales, don't sell something, you know, offer help. You know, if you offer help uh, in the right way, people will want to work with you. Nobody likes to be sold, but everybody is selling. Uh, if you find the right balance of mixing that and masking it together, that is the key to quote unquote sales. Yeah, I, I agree. No one, I mean... You said no one likes to be sold, but on the other hand, people love buying. That's the paradox, I would say, because people hate to be sold to, but they love buying. And honestly, I've been diving deeper into sales recently and trying to like learn doing some of this myself. And honestly, I'm I would love to like be sold to in the sense of see how like a professional, you know, salesman would sell me just yeah. to see their approach what they are like, what pain points they like trying to, you know, yeah. touch. So uh, when you have a professional salesman selling you, you won't even know you're being sold. You know, uh, if you have a car dealership salesman, he's going to hit the pain points and he's going to, you know, try to give you the deals of the century. Uh, if you have a timeshare salesman, he has a different approach. He's selling you a dream, a vacation. Uh, if you have a marketing a company selling you, they're trying to, you know, tell you how they're going to make you money and give you return on investment. There's so many different uh, scenarios where you're being sold. Um, and going back to the buying part, everybody likes to purchase things, you know, but people like to feel like they got a deal or like they got value. You know, nobody likes to feel like they got fucked. So if you're in a position where you're buying something, you may think, oh, I saved $200, but you just spent $600. You know, so technically you didn't save anything. You just spent $600. But if I'm able to translate and make you feel like you saved money and you're happy with it and it ends up being a good product and it's working out, then it's a win-win situation for everybody, which is usually what you look for. You look for it to be a win-win situation across the board. Yeah, 100%. I agree. People want, like you said, people want to get a deal, but also there needs to be like some kind of value so they know that the money was worth the purchase. Because for example, let's say in the marketing agency uh, environment you offer i know google ads you can generate them twenty thousand dollars for like two thousand dollars then like it's totally worth the money because the value is there yep and it's yeah it's all about like caring about the other person i think and just making sure that the value is there and uh, everybody is winning yeah no 100 percent. okay so now let's put heyday aside a little bit um the other thing that you do is the a day in miami page as you can see in the background in the right now um so a day in miami is already at like almost 400k followers that's a lot what would you say what are the secrets of growing a community page content 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 uh that's the hardest part you know you have to put out content um i put pay media into it and 
strategic partnerships will help you go a long way. Uh, influencer collaborations will help you go a long way. Uh, and in the beginning, it's just, you know, doing a bunch of stuff for free pretty much, you know, until you just kind of get to a point where you can monetize it. Uh, I think we're there now and it's working well, but I don't want to be a page. We don't want to be a page. That was never the vision from the get. Vision for the get was to go beyond that. You know, um, we don't see the other pages in the community or even influencers as competitors, you know, uh -huh. uh, our competition is, you know, traditional media, you know, uh, we're trying to fight for the same eyeballs. We're just trying to pitch things in a different light in a different way. I do want to get more involved with the community, you know, so we're working on events that are, you know, more community driven. I don't think I ever asked, or I don't think you ever shared this, but what, what was the reason behind starting a day in Miami and like, how did it even start? So the, the page was actually purchased from a good friend of ours, Ronald, right? When it had uh, close to a hundred thousand followers at the time. Um, was it also called the day in Miami? It was always called the day in Miami. Right. And then he didn't want to deal with it anymore. So, uh, he's basically sold it to us. He had it sitting there. He had it kind of like a meme page. Uh, and then our vision was always turning into like a media channel. Like at first we use it for our clients, for our people, for ourselves. Um, and then now it's kind of like evolved. Yeah. I can notice that it's turning more and more into brand. I'm excited for everything that's about to come. because I know it's going to take a day in Miami to the next level. Um, well, you know, we have a coffee coming out soon. So it's a little pet project. It's probably going to be a waste of money and losing, uh, losing, uh, funds there, but yeah, maybe not. Uh, so we got some, some fun stuff coming along, uh, with that and see where that goes. Okay. So now highlight. Yes. This is the week, the first, uh, game of the season is coming out. And this season is, I feel like highlight in the last two years has already s progressed so much. And now I feel like a big turning point will be Jorge Masvidal and Udonis Haslam becoming the team owners. And I know you played a part in that. So tell me the process. How does, what does it take to have such an icons of UFC and NBA yeah. become owners of the team and just, you know, contribute to the growth of the sport? So I think number one is relentlessness. You know, um, you're always going to get hit with a shut door. When you're asking, and that happened to us month after month after month. Um, so being relentless in them giving us the opportunity to pitch them was crucial. Okay. Uh, another big opportunity or another important scenario when you're talking about something at this level uh, is timeliness. You know, coincidentally, timeliness was on our side, which both happened to retire. Okay. The, the, the league is meant to have. Uh, at least locally, uh, Miami icons driving it to its next level, which will it will flourish and evolve. The sport itself is phenomenal. It's high action. Uh, at first, it's a little bit uh, harder to understand, you know. But once you get the flow of it and you meet the players and you get what's going on and you start understanding the game, it's extremely exhilarating. You know, it's a very fun game. Extremely difficult to play. You know, I've been on the on the court on the fronton. I've seen the videos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You get gassed out in three or four throws. Um, you need talent. You need to be in shape, and you need extreme. You need to be a, an agile person. Uh, so, getting someone like Udonis Haslam to buy into the program and get invested was big time for us. It was about an eight month process just to get that involved. 
in meetings after meetings after meetings. And thank God that UD, you know, saw the vision. And not only that, he's going to take it to another level. Uh, and he's all in. And UD, you know, he is. He's somebody who, you know, you get all of him or nothing. Uh, George Masvidal, we invited him out to one of the games. Uh, he loved it. Uh, and he was very eager to get involved. So obviously we made him part of the uh, team ownerships. Um, took us a while to get him out there too. These guys are busy people, you yeah, know, they're traveling, they have, they have their lives, they have their professions. Uh, so getting them out there is not easy by any means. And here we are about to start season. Uh, you know, I grew up watching Haslam. I love the guy and I'm technically, you know, one of his rivals now yeah. <laughs> on, on, a, on a court. Never thought that would happen in my life. And same thing with Masvidal. He's one of the meanest guys I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> super, super kind person, but uh, very aggressive. Ass, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, very aggressive competitor. And it's crazy to see him on the other side of this just competing against us and, you know, at the antics. And it's fun. Yeah, He's made it a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. But I don't know if you can go into details, but, like, tell me how's the process from, like, oh, we should get him to be the team owner What are the next well, steps? Well, you have a roster of people that, you know, you want to get as team owners, you know, uh, and you want to offer them the opportunity. Uh, we went down the roster, uh, but the, the the hard part is not creating the roster, identifying people. It's getting them in front of you to get the, you know, to get the 10 minutes to listen, you know, and making sure that you're credible enough to even, you know, have that time from them because these guys have elite teams, you know, they've been doing yeah, this yeah, for a long time. Yeah, 100%. So that's really where the work is. You know, Anna from our team did a phenomenal job at that. Um, we have our tactics of getting, you know, people into the door, uh, that can't reveal, uh, but it, it worked very well. And it was, you know, after you have, you know, a handful of meetings, uh, we had them come out and then there's when everything kind of started falling into place, you know, what would you say for them was like the biggest selling point? Let's say it, what was the reason that they actually decided to join and not just, Yeah, I know? think it's the ties to South Florida, to Miami. That's one of the bigger things. Uh, the um, trajectory of the league, uh, the way it's well organized and ran by Scott and, and his daughter and that big team that they have down there at Highlight, the Fronton, uh, and opportunity. You know, there's a big opportunity here. It's in it's in, it's in early stages, despite it being uh, a, a sport that's been out for, for, for decades. Um, this format of highlight is, is what it takes to get this sport to become mainstream again. Uh, we were just recently announced now to be on DraftKings. So that's big time. Oof. You know, you can now bet a uh, highlight on DraftKings. Uh, you know, you can bet on the chargers if you like, uh, I'm not supposed to say that, but <laughs> and, and maybe we'll cut it out. Yeah. And, um, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy to get them there, but, uh, we got them there. And then the you know, client in this case, that's the, you know, client partners are super happy. We're super happy. They're super happy. And it's, again, going back to everything, it's a win, win, win for everybody. Yeah, definitely going to be an exciting season. Hopefully everything, I mean, everything is going to go right. But hopefully Masvidal won't be pissed off or something at Break someone. someone's leg. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe just step into the front on himself. Um, yeah, it's exciting. The first game is this Friday, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Wait, is this Thursday? Today's Thursday. Oh, shit. I thought it's Wednesday. Okay, whatever. So, talking about that, let's. you touched on this a little bit in the beginning. So, tell me about any exciting projects coming up that you have in plans and that you can maybe give a little bit of details. Yeah, so the exciting projects we have right now going on is all being powered by the A Day in Miami uh, portion of the business. Uh, I guess that's what's exciting. We're planning an October festival. 
Uh, we have a toy drive. We have a STL conference that we want to push, uh, which is basically like a, you know, entrepreneur marketing uh, conference. There's, uh, you know, it's going to be more in the event uh, side. There's a lot of nice partnerships that are coming along uh, that we're finalizing uh, with big corporations in the South. Uh, and that's where we're at right now. Okay. Um, so we talk all about this positive stuff, about exciting things. But now I want to switch the gear a little bit. Going back to Heyday, what was the lowest moment in like Heyday's history that you experienced? What happened? Why? And how you got out of it? You know, I'm really trying to think, but I don't think we've had like a lowest moment like that, you know? And I think it has a lot to do with my, I'm always an oppor uh, opportunistic person. So I don't really feel like we ever had like a lowest moment. You know, I've always think we've always been on a gradual consistent growth uh, campaign, you know? Uh, I, I, I don't think we've, we've never been like down and up. It's always yeah. kind of been like just, you know, growing. Maybe, like, maybe just a little bit sometimes. I mean, I'd probably say COVID if anything, but you know, but that didn't really affect us too much. You know, the first 30 days of COVID, we're kind yeah. of freaking out, but that didn't really affect us too much. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the beauty of marketing agency is that most of it is digital, but like you're still working, especially Heyday works with a lot of local businesses. So I could see how this could impact the operations, but yeah, that's what, why do you think what made the Heyday not have those big losses or like big down moments? What could contribute to that? Relentlessness, consistency, uh, just keep going, keep going. Don't stop. Um, intuition, uh, creativity, um, see outside the box as, as cliche as that sounds, um, look for other opportunities, you know, plant seeds, you know, you might not, you know, people a lot of right now, they want instant gratification. The young age wants instant gratification because they're, they've been accustomed to that, but you have to learn how to, you know, have short, medium, long-term goals and, you know. It may sound stupid to do something now, but you plant a little seed and eight months, 12 months from now, you see that you start seeing some um, fruit from it. Uh, and I think that's always what I've done. I kind of just like planted little seeds here and there and eventually they give fruit. Got it. What is the hardest part of being a leader in a company? The hardest part of being a leader in a company is that you do not have an off button. You cannot have an off day. You are expected to be that leader and that person every day. Um, you gotta have, uh, you have to learn to be emotionally intelligent. Uh, you have to be extremely consistent. Um, and you just gotta be on 24 seven on. Uh, I don't think that's the hardest part. I just think it's the reality, you know? Uh, you gotta embrace it um, and also learn to find some type of a balance because if not, you will get uh, burnt out. Also with being a leader, I feel like what comes with it is that you're not a, essentially an expert in any particular field and you have to know a lot of everything. So, you know, so, you know, if, uh, someone is doing a good job, but then eventually, I mean, you hire someone to take responsibility of this portion of the business that you may not be the best at, but you still have an idea of how it works. Yeah. So how did you like learn to about all of those areas to like have an idea how it works. So then you can vet if someone is doing a good job or not. 
Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, at first, you you know want to research and learn a little bit of it, uh, whatever you know particular job they're doing. You need to know something, you know. Uh, then eventually, you let them work and you start monitoring and looking at them and what they're doing, and then you find ways to make it better, you know. So I would say that that's that kind of like my approach. Um, and then at the same time, you're making them better, and eventually, you guys you know kind of like get back and be on the same level, and then hopefully, they take it to another 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 step and then you kind of come back in, make it get better and move forward. Um, but yeah, they, you know, everybody talks about experts here and there, but uh, our expertise is, you know, you got to make money, you know? So yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's not, you know, that's the expertise, you know? So how to make money and how to do business deals. Uh, everything else is just kind of like the part of the process, you know? So I don't need to be an expert in, you know, social media marketing, you know? Yeah. Although I know a lot about it and there's people who know more than me. Uh, I just need to ha know how to bring all my pieces together to be able to execute a job for a client. Yeah. For this, I have only one word, STL. STL, that's it. So uh, my buddy Manny uh, instilled that into not only us here, but that's uh, we actually have now a BNI group. That's called BNI STL. And uh, that's growing Rather quickly, I think we're at 17 members now, you know, confirmed and paid. And that's going to continue. That chapter's fun. And uh, we would like to bring some of those people onto the podcast too. They're good people. Uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, 100%. I recently noticed, actually, let's me, let me rhyme back a little bit. So in our previous episode, you were saying that one of the biggest tips for young people that you have, or one of the best assets that someone could have is the personal brand. And I've been noticing you, you know, really double down on that. So how does that work? How to get a better personal brand and why now? Yeah. So, um, I have to give credit to you for that, oh, stop. um, because <laughs> I felt like it's always been there. You know, I just quote unquote, didn't have the time to do it. I know I've always had the personality and I do the work already, you know? So I think. So what we were talking about earlier, putting good people around you. You need to put someone around you who can see things differently and force you to get the things done, you know? And it's actually been pretty cool, you know? Um, obviously, once you get the flow of it, now going back to what we were saying, how do you, you know, work departments and become experts? Now you brought something new to the table. I'm seeing it from afar. I bring my experience. I'm like, okay, we can make this better, like this, this, and this. And then it kind of like just goes and, 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 and grows into a monster. Uh, that it is, but personal brand is extremely important because people want to connect with a person, you know, yeah. not necessarily a business. And that's what I've noticed, you know, uh, people talk a lot about heyday and things like that, but usually they associate it to me, which ideally I in a perfect situation, I would like them to associate it to the team, but it's impossible to just, you know, do a, how do you, con you know, nobody who's Coca-Cola. You know, yeah, yeah. Who's Tesla? Yeah, you know, as I much mean, as you Tesla want. actually may not be the best example because you always think of a freaking. But you do, Musk. but you don't know any other people's names. I mean, true. You get me? Only so as Elon. much as you want your team to be there, there's only a certain amount of focus and time that's available in order for people to just consume. You know, so um, there's always a head. You know, yeah, uh, and the head in this case is, is myself, um, and you always recognize your team, and that's you know important. Um, But once you mix in a personal brand, um, people, it's, it's a, you know, it's a little bit better because people consume your information and because it's coming from you directly, not from like a company. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people don't want to do business with just companies. They also want to see like people behind it. 
So I think every company should have someone that is like a public facing figure that, you know, people can see that there's an actual human being. It's not just company. It's not just a post on Instagram or wherever they see it, that there's actual real people behind it. Cause then, then they can relate to it more. Uh, still on the personal brand note. So now you work also with a lot of people and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people that are in business, are doing great things, but their personal brand may not be on point. What tips would you have for them? Most people are like that. Most people don't care. Most people don't know the power behind a personal brand. They're just focused on what they do, which is normal. Uh, my uh, experience has been that I kind of show them what I'm doing and they buy into it because they see that I'm doing it. You know, uh, I have a couple of clients like that now. Uh, AMG, Joseph, very smart guy, has built a great company. He wasn't big in speaking to the public. Uh, he didn't want to, he didn't care about having his face out there. Yeah. Uh, but now he has uh, a different uh, point of view on that uh, after I kind of saw and showed him what I was doing um, and plenty of other cases like that as well. You know, so I think it's just kind of just doing it. You know, once you do it and it just flows and you're, you move forward, you know, but most people in the beginning may think they don't need it, you know, or they don't care about it or things are working well the way they are, you know? Yeah, 100%. I guess if I would, have to give any tips for people because you know i've been working with you on helping you grow your personal brand and i think it's working pretty well of course there's always room for improvement but i think that what people that are in business and want to take their personal brand to the next level it's all about content it doesn't even have to be like anything crazy 100%. you know have a cameraman whatever just set up a camera if you have a light that's nice and then just like talk about what you do but do it in a simple terms so anyone can understand it. You I know, agree. we may start talking now about retargeting, SEO, headlines, meta tags and everything, but people will not understand it. it's about also communicating the message in a way that is simple. Correct. Layman terms. Exactly. Yep. I agree. So that's good. That's for sure. Exciting. I've, I mean, I need to work on my personal brand, but I, I don't like myself on camera that much. You'll get there. Yeah, for take, sure. I mean, it took me what, 15 years, 10 years. So. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, at first you start feeling self-conscious. There's a lot of things that go through your mind, you know? Um, and then at the end you just say, fuck it. And you go with it and that's it. There's another way. Just go with it and you'll get better as you go. You know? I mean, you saw the client we had here the other day. It took yeah, three yeah. hours to do five <laughs> videos, you know? He yeah, was just, yeah. he was embarrassed. He was, he wasn't focused. He couldn't do it. Uh, but you know, do that with him three, four, five, six times and then he's good. It's oh yeah. hundred percent. But it's funny. It's always been interesting to me to see how people change in front of the camera, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody just, you, when you put a camera in front of them, they just start getting nervous. And I think it's, you know, it's just normal human nature. Yeah. And then you also said, you know, once you do a couple of times, you already feel way more comfortable, you know what you can improve on. And then you like, I think like if you, when you start doing something on camera, you just are not yourself and the more you do it you the gap between you on camera and you in real life gets like closer 100%. and closer and you become just like natural i would agree i would agree so next thing i want to know from you is you know there's so many platforms and i feel like all of them are good for different reasons and for different uh i'm i don't know different people or like different depending on what you do objectives yeah it's, exactly right word what platform if you could pick only one, what platform would you go like all in? I honestly, right now we've been dabbling a little bit with LinkedIn. Yeah. And I think for what we do, it's hard between LinkedIn and Instagram. 
uh, Instagram's not your visual, you know, you get the videos going, but I mean, the videos we've been putting up for LinkedIn, my friends have been texting me about them, you know, yeah. and, and Insta I feel like the thing is that everybody does it on Instagram. When you do something on a platform that's not happening, people start noticing it even more, you know? Uh, and a lot of my friends are telling me, hey, I see you more active on LinkedIn. So that's pretty interesting. I would say right now, go all double down on LinkedIn. You know, they're kind of like the, the new kid on the block right now when it's like the cool platform to be on. I personally have been a big fan of Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. There's just like so much wisdom and it's not all about pictures, you know, highlights of your life. There are people that just write stuff and it's just so valuable. You can learn so much from it. Oh, But yeah, it all depends on the objectives. But I don't know, LinkedIn for me sounds so weird. It's like, unnatural in the sense of people only post like business stuff there are those like pre-made comments like congrats yeah, whatever the, the, people the just inbox. post that it's like i'm not i'm not a fan of that either but imagine would you prefer to be in a room with everyone or would you prefer to be in a room with people who are business oriented yeah that's true so in, if you're active on linkedin you're business oriented you know so that's what i'm kind of seeing right now if you're active on twitter You could just be a troll or yeah. you could be somebody who just doesn't have anything to do, you know, or you could be, you know, I feel like your niche gets smaller, your audience gets smaller and more direct to what you really want to do, you know, when you're talking about business, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm, of course, Twitter also has like its own little niches or communities. Yeah. But I guess the biggest point to you thinking that like LinkedIn is probably the best, I guess, is the intention because people don't go on LinkedIn just to freaking scroll, scroll exactly watch some reels tiktoks or whatever people go there okay can i make money <laughs> yeah can i make money who can i connect with exactly and that's what we're here to do you know stl they should change the name to stl <laughs> linked stl yeah uh oh by the way the i don't know founder or ceo of whatever of linkedin i'm a brother of phi delta theta and the founder or ceo was also brother of phi delta theta So if anything, I can hook you up. I don't oh, know. Oh, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so I have left in the bucket list. Okay. So now let's go on more personal note. If you could live in any place in the world, where would you want to live and why? I don't know. If I could live in every, any place in the world. I don't know. It's hard to go, you know, hard to say something beyond Miami, but I'd probably say like, I've never been I'm planning on going at the end of the year, maybe like Thailand or Japan or something. Why? Uh, I just love culture shocks. You know, and that's probably the furthest I can get from this type of culture. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool, you know, just to like see something different, a different part of the world that I've never been in or experienced in. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. 100%. I'm planning on going to Japan also, like probably like next year after I graduate and everything. But yeah, culture shock is something so eye-opening. You know, it's... You cannot experience it from movies or from watching shows, whatever. You just have to be there. Yeah, I love it. And I, and I, and I like to go to the nitty-gritty stuff. I don't like to be in a fancy hotel, Yeah, eating the fancy just food. Just live, live with the locals, yes. like the locals. I like to go into that little hole in the wall and see the random stuff in the street <laughs> and be out till two in the morning just yeah. like cruising and people watching. You know, and you get to really understand, like, uh, I think that's the beauty of life, too. There's so many different types of people in this world. Everybody living a different story, different experiences, different pains, different dreams, different goals, you know, and when you just look around and you take a moment to see everybody around you, like everyone's just trying to do the same thing and just live a good life and have a good family. Uh, and I think there's beauty in that, that, you know, deep down inside, we all want the same things, you know, we just have different ways of getting there, or different means of getting there. 
uh, some more similar than others, but I think that's what's interesting about life. You know, to me, the most fascinating thing is like the human brain, you know, how everybody yeah. like just thinks so differently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like, I like big culture shocks. I mean, you coming from a Latin culture, comparing, for example, to like Japanese and Asian, it's like two different yeah. worlds. I don't want to even it's know crazy. what they're saying to me. I just want to just <laughs> listen to them talk Japanese. Just eat sushi. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess one last thing. I have a little something for you. Oh yeah. Let's see what a you got. A token of appreciation. Give me a second. You know those Polish chocolates? Nah. Not this time. I love those Polish chocolates though. I, I ate a whole bar the other day. Oh, look at this. Another book from... Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay, here is... Uh, don't necessarily look how it's packed. I tried my best, <laughs> but I'm not very is talented when it comes award? to that. Here. All right, let me see. Is it an award? No. Let's go. Let's Cute. go. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. He gave me the first version of this book. And I came from Christmas break with like a million ideas <laughs> and they started working that it's good. But this, I mean, Alex Hormozzi is incredible and the way he's able to put things on paper and in writing and make sense of them. Because a it's lot of so the stuff simple. that he says is things that I've lived through or I know that work, you know, it's just being able to put it on paper and, and, and explaining it in that fashion is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Hello, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. My you pleasure. Know, you know, I'll mean, be reading listen, this, we, and I hope you got yours already, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I got three. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> he was selling a package. I went to the, his virtual event, by the way. Virtual event, 500,000 people there. It's amazing. Yeah. And we need to get to like that. Also, this version, you're never going to get it anywhere else because this the hard is a hardcover. Hard it was only for the book book launch, so, you know, it's like collectible. All right, so we're going to do this right now. Wait, let it record. Call came in. All right, so finalizing the podcast for better globally. My buddy Ben just gifted me this uh, phenomenal book. I read the part, the first part by Alex Ramosi. Very, very good information if you're into sales and leads and driving traffic. Uh, Listen, if you want to get more clients, get more leads, this is the book for you. This guy is the smartest business person I know. Wait, wait, wait. Very... Did you just say the smartest business person he knows? Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say so. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. The the way that he can put complex ideas into very simple terms that everyone understands is just amazing. I don't think anyone does it better than him. Let's get it. A day in Miami. Let's go. Analyzing the podcast for better globally. But he bet just gifted me this uh, phenomenal book. I read the part by Alex Formosi. Very, very good information if you're into sales and leads and driving traffic. Listen, if you want to get more clients, get more leads, this is a book for you. This guy is the smartest business person I know. Wait, wait, wait. He just said the smartest business person he knows. <laughs> Let's see here. I right. hate listening to myself. Yeah, me too. It always just sounds so weird. Okay, pause it real quick. Okay, I guess in the meantime, what I'm going to say is if you're watching this, Click the link below. There's going to be a link to sign up for my email list. On this email list, I'll be giving... Whenever there's a guest coming, you will find out first. You have a chance to send me a question that I can ask the the guest. And just a lot of insights, some of my personal reflections, what I learned. 
and how I explored the art of becoming better. So click the link below, sign up, and you'll get some cool emails. You're not going to regret it. And the, what about you? You have any Listen, last words for the viewers? For the viewers, uh, read these damn books. This is actually very good. You'll get a lot of information from it. Uh, if you want to come by the office and talk to us, you're more than happy to. If you want to get on a phone call with us, um, just get shit done. That's my message to you guys. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Move forward, get things done. There's never the perfect time, you know? Uh, if you need help with anything, we're always here for you. You heard him. Better globally. We out. Let's get it.